Tomorrow is World PR Day, a time when public relations and communicators around the globe stop. They recognize the art known as public relations. I'm your boy, Dave, for The Connected One. We are joined today by Cam Gordon, the head of communications at Twitter Canada. Cam, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. Good, Great chatting, Dave, and I look forward to this conversation. You and I have have known each other for a long time, and uh, this this will be a good uh, opportunity to revisit the past and see where we're heading in this this PR industry that, that we're all a part of. So speaking of the past, Cam, you've been in the industry for a while. How do you define public relations in 2022? Well, I, well, when I started in the industry, and we're going back to, you know, the, the first, the, let's just say the middle part of the first decade of the 2000s, that, that was really a time where it seemed like we were almost between eras where, you know, most people had a cell phone and everyone was on the internet and people were sending emails and, you know, maybe at that time, some people were on Friendster, had like, you know, they were just wrapping up their live journal or, or whatever. <laughs> um, so, but still, you know, television and print newspapers and here in Canada, being in the Globe and Mail or the Toronto Star or the National Post was really the top of the mountain in terms of what you could achieve in PR. Now, smash cut to 2022, and whether you're a brand or you're an individual or an organization, what would be like a peak PR hit? I mean, take your pick. I mean, it, it definitely would seem like it's probably something that'd be online and shareable with, with viral potential. Um, but it, it really depends on what you're after. You know, maybe it's like a, an online video that's trending everywhere, or maybe it's some news story that you're seeing everyone share on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or other platforms. Um, it really just depends. So I think perhaps the biggest change is what is PR's what is PR's success? And I'll say that in air quotes look like. I think when I started in the industry close to 20 years ago, there's maybe more of a homo, uh, homo, homo <laughs> there's, there's more like an agreed upon, I'm not going to homogeneous. Uh, I can't, it's one of those words I get hung up on. I think yeah. there's more a consensus of what like PR success was back in that day, just because I think media was a bit more commodified at that time. Whereas now, you know, this is not an original thought, but you know, the death of the monoculture and whatnot, I think this ties into that trend where, we all get our information in so many different places these days. And that's really going to vary like, you know, brand to brand too, where they fit in with that and, and what gets them excited and whether you're a brand manager, PR manager, or CEO of a company, what's important to you in terms of what's getting out there. So it's, uh, so it's definitely a lot more bespoke than it was when I entered the industry close to 20 years ago. Sure. So what would you say is the value that public relations brings to a business? And then, and then I guess the second part on that is, can public relations help a company increase their revenue? Um, I'll, I'll say as someone who is a PR practitioner, absolutely, it could help. <laughs> it's essential. Uh, but, but kidding aside, I mean, it, you know, when I, when I talk to like PR students or, you know, kind of academics or folks teaching in PR, there, there's a lot of talk about, you know, now more than ever, a comms person or PR person needs, needs, needs a seat at the table, need to be in those like C-suite meetings um, because of the importance of perception. And I'd argue in the world we live in, PR has never been 
more abstract yet never more important if that makes sense and i i think okay. this ties into the fact that the perception of anything has never been more significant to its success now as we know there's kind of perception of things and then there's reality of things and sometimes they do not overlap in the sure. world we live in but i i think it's the big part of the challenge of the pr person is to tell real authentic interesting stories that are going to have you know one foot planted in both those considerations um i know for myself if we're doing a campaign or we're you know if i'm drafting a pitch or whatnot um i do always lead with like okay how is this going to be perceived right now um and that's not always you know a great feeling because i think of you know reality we should all be grounded in reality both in our professional and our personal lives hopefully um but just because of the world we live in and how information travels, I think you have to look at it, everything through that perception layer first, and then say, okay, right. as, and now how can we layer in kind of what the realities of the situation? And, and you, need to, you need to strike the balance of both because, I mean, the best stories are going to have an element of each. And I think that's the challenge for the, I think that's a challenge of PR person to one craft those stories, be explained to colleagues who don't work in communication, maybe aren't as familiar with how the media works in 2022, um, why things need to be approached in this way and, and why certain approaches to like pitching stories and, and storytelling um, look the way it do in the world we live in. You talked about, you mentioned that you, you often will talk to uh, students, PR students. So how would you say that the role of a PR practitioner has changed over time? Um, I mean, th there's a lot of ways it's changed in a very tactical element. Um, so for example, like I, I sit on the board at the, the Centennial um, comms program and the program advisory committee. And one thing just like that, there's a certain like tactical things I think are really important for anyone, you know, coming out of PR school or just coming into the industry would probably like be well advised to get a grounding on. And it's things that weren't there when I started. So I think of like one example, like contract management, just because, you know, it, it's one of the blurry, one of the corners of blurriness in PR uh, in the present age is that, you know, there's so much kind of like paid versus unpaid content, but right. now like negotiating, you know, influencer relations and, and stuff with creators and whatnot is a big part of our industry that wasn't there. Um, so now, you know, you're really dealing with talent and writing up contracts. And, you know, I, I think like being able to write ironclad contracts and, and having those negotiation skills um, with the broad bucket of like creators. And this could be, I mean, take your pick what that even means in, in this day <laughs> is, is really going to be like a core element that any PR person is going to need at some point during their career. Um, so, you know, that's very different than 20 years ago, just, you know, p p sending the same pitch to the Globe and Mail and, and the Toronto Star and like Canada.com or whatnot. Right. So I think there's a lot of like tactical elements. And I, I, I think just also like for young people, I think just the, it, the media changes so much. So just knowing how to be like very, very fluid and just I, one piece of advice I give to young people. And this seems like very elementary for people working in PR. And I'm routinely shocked that people don't do this more, but it's like read as much about every topic in a variety of places as you can. Um, 
you know, this, this gets into kind of talk of like echo chambers and whatnot and, and you know, uh, confirmation bias and these, you know, these things are almost amateur psychology uh, trends that we've all <laughs> seen like corporate trainers <laughs> talk about. Um, but I, I do think it's true. I, I think it's really important for to get information from like a variety of different sources, um, especially like working PR, just to see what, get a pulse on what the culture's saying. You don't necessarily have to, it doesn't necessarily have to align with your views or on how you see the world or how, you know, your own personal beliefs. But I do think it's really important to know how people are feeling out there and to proceed accordingly um it's obviously getting harder and harder to like land like a singular story and like a wide spectrum of outlets just because i think outlets have very divergent approaches and whatnot so you know what what the globe and mail is doing is going to be very different than what like six x you know six buzz is doing um but both both have influence um and you don't necessarily have to like it or even understand it but um you know you better get a, a grasp on what, why all these different outlets are important in their own ways. Sure. Now, every industry faces challenges to some degree. Are there any challenges that you see that the public relations industry is facing right now? Um, I don't know if I'd say it's a challenge, but that, there definitely seems to be a shifting tide. I still, as someone, as you know, like I, my roots in PR come from the agency world, like a lot of people who start in PR Um, So I worked for three different agencies over the first 12 years of my career and speaking to folks who still work in those, the field, i.e. the agency world, it does seem like that that whole model is shifting, um, which is everything from, certainly there's the whole kind of work from home, you know, shift in the future, every topic in the future work brought on by COVID-19 and we don't have to rehash that (laughs) at this time, but also, you know, just back in the day, there were there were several like large multinational agencies that were, you know, doing stuff. And now there's real really seems to be an absence of like these massive uh, like retainer based relationships with clients There you would see back in the day. It does seem like we're going to more like a project by project model um, sure. and just like, you know, brands big and small, not wanting to get locked into these big contractual obligations. Um with vendors, so probably of all kinds too. I can't, you know, speak to other industries like, you know, event management and stuff like that. But um, I do think it's a bit more fluid that way and that we're seeing less retainer-based um, relationships with like big clients at the agency side. And also it does seem like we've seen this wave of like smaller agencies really come up and like small to mid-sized agencies seem to be yep. doing a lot of the most visible work too. And, and, you know, a lot of the folks working in those small to mid-sized agencies quite often are, you know, their folks have broken off because they've worked for one of the big agencies. And this is, you know, this is kind of like just cyclical. Um, You know, we've seen versions of this back in the day. I may have even worked for some of those agencies that were (laughs) a (laughs) one-time smaller agencies that then grew into mid-sized or even large agencies. Uh, And, you know, the, the, the tide turns year after year. Um, very true but we're seeing more of that stuff too and then with that again this also ties into the future of work i i think they're they have the good fortune if you're starting an agency this year you know you don't you don't need an office space you don't need to be paying rent necessarily you don't need to be paying insurance or whatever the cost of just the infrastructure of like maintaining an office and you can also hire talent from like 
anywhere across Canada or anywhere across the world if you want, uh, you know, as long as it fits within labor laws and whatnot. Um, it, it's a different, like, it's, it's a different, like, ball game in terms just from, like, a straight up, like, personnel HR component. Um, and I, I think that probably gives people a lot of advantages when they're, you know, kind of playing together their dream agency to take on the big guys, too. So I, I think that's, like, a fundamental shift, like, certainly on the agency side. Now, one of the themes for this year's uh, World PR Day is trust. How can companies leverage public relations to build trust? Um, I, I kind of touched on it, and it, it's funny. Like this word has almost lost its meaning because it's so overused everywhere, <laughs> both in PR and other circles. Certainly, in like things like politics, it is. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think like transparency and also like a word related to transparency, like accountability is really important. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot of uh, kind of breakdowns of how Rogers, for example, hired their recent outage. Um, and did they, a lot of people, I think, criticized them because they weren't being very clear right as this was going down. And, and some people thought they were maybe being a bit too, casual or cavalier or not accountable for it. I'm not saying this is my views. I just saw a lot of tweets to this, uh, to this effect. Sure. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's really important to be not just transparent, but also like really in the moment, um, as you know, like just information travels so, so fast and Twitter's a big part of this. I mean, Twitter, I was saying, sorry, I'm going to go into like stump mode for Twitter here for a second, but Twitter really is like the tip of the spear for like anything that's going down. And then it very, very quickly, as we know, travels to all the other outlets. So you really, really have to be in the moment if, if you're getting into like a quote unquote issues management situation, be out on your front foot, um, take accountable for the situation, share what you can. And if there's stuff you can't share, just be like very, very clear and transparent about that. Um, and I, I think people do appreciate that. Like, as, you know, as much as people like to complain about brands and like issues um, happening, I do think if, you know, brands can acknowledge like, okay, you know, this wasn't great. Here's what happened. Um, here's what we're going to do to rectify this situation in future. Here's what we're still looking to learn. Um, here's what we'd like to hear from, you know, our customers or our stakeholders or whatnot. Um, and just having that like dialogue with, with, you know, anybody who has like a stake in this, I'll, I'll just use like stakeholders to say everything from like, you know, consumers, uh, shareholders, um, anybody who's like affected by like, you know, something that a brand may or may not do. Um, so I do think, you know, that is having that like kind of real dialogue rooted in like transparency and accountability is, is really, really important for any brand trying to do anything in the, the world we live in. So let's try this. Finish the sentence for us. Public relations helps companies communicate or build truth by. Public relations help truth by, um, See, I, my, my initial inclination is the storytelling, but that almost gets into, I, I don't li actually love that term in like a PR capacity because it seems like we're, you know, writing like an Aesop fable about something. <laughs> um, and like we, we, we all love a good story and we all love fiction, but I feel like we live in a world where it's less 
storytelling, more just the sharing of information. Um, so like fill in the blank and I'll probably like botch exactly sort of the tonality of it, <laughs> excuse me, but PR, PR, like, you know, it, it brings value because we're the gatekeepers of information and, and that, that conduit that audiences have to information um, in the world we live in. And again, I, I think now with communications, having a really tight function with marketing, you know, marketing functions, social media functions, um, and also like the, the you know, again, let's talk about like agencies for a second. Um, you know, what would generally be called like media buyers and whatnot, what, what's the composition of media you want to use, whether it's, you know, out of home stuff, social stuff, um, more traditional means like television or, or radio and what, what is like that marketing mix? Because, because uh, I, I do think sort of, you know, that the, the channels that you're using to communicate can sometimes say as much about what you're trying to communicate as the actual like words you use. So IE, if you're buying like TV ads to say, sorry about the outage, it will right. do better. And your Rogers is like, yeah, maybe this could have been a tweet or this could have been a Facebook post. Sure. Um, so I think it's just showing like smarts and just like recognizing, you know, just like news cycles and what and whatnot that would be appropriate. Okay. So you've been working the, the industry for quite a while now. Um, why are you still here? What is it that you love about working in public relations? Honestly, like I, I love working with journalists. I, I think that's the number one thing um, that I love about working in this industry. Um, I, I know when I worked for agencies for so long where, you know, like a lot of folks, I was moving up into that kind of like director and senior director level, which is more about like leading teams and client management and whatnot, which was great too. Like I, I like people, like mo most people, 90% of people, I would say. I like. Right. <laughs> um, but when I came to Twitter, like we're, we're small team. I'm a team of one here. I'm the one comms person for Canada. Like I, I got to go back in the weeds of dealing more with like journalists firsthand. And it was, it was awesome just because, you know, I, I, I really have a lot of like respect for journalists and people with content out in the world, as long as they're doing it with, you know, kind of integrity in a truthful manner, it's, it's really, really important. And just to be able to work on the front lines and, you know, really, really help them, you know, craft stories and, and craft articles and craft content, but also like be a resource for them. Like, as we know, like a lot of PR people have kind of bad reputations with journalists. It's like any industry, there's a lot of great PR people and then some maybe not so great. So I've always prided myself in more than anything with like media, just being available um, at all times and accessible. Um, I mean, as you can imagine with working for Twitter, I get a lot of requests from journalists around the clock and, you know, sometimes sure. like an evening or weekend. And a lot of the journalists always, if <laughs> they're like emailing me on Saturday or DMing me on Saturday, there's almost like an apologetic tone. I'm like, so I'm always like, oh my God, don't worry about it. Like I, I literally work for Twitter. It never turns off. So I'm, I'm always right. here. Um, and they always seem appreciative, but I'm appreciative for them too, for like reaching out too and just having that relationship. Because I think if, when you work in PR too, there's sometimes nothing worse if you see something written about whoever you're representing and, and you weren't asked to comment. It could be a topic you might've like not wanted to talk about it. You might even said, we're not going to talk about this, but 
you know, you do appreciate be giving the opportunity to comment on this. So, you know, this obviously happens sometimes with Twitter where we're asked to comment on something and I say, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to give you a comment here, but thank you genuinely for reaching out right. on this. And I, I do appreciate that. And I, I think just, just like journalists knowing that I'm, I'm not going to like just ignore them generally mm-hmm. is something I like really pride myself on and again, being accessible and even if the topic's kind of like gnarly on the surface, um, just knowing that we're going to have a dialogue about it and they might not get quite what they need for the story, but I, I generally try to give people something or give them some like guidance um, and something they can use. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, it gets back to why I love working in PR. It's just like working with journalists and just being part of like news cycles and whatnot. I, I still find exciting. It's like 20 years in. And I, I'm, it's, I, I just think it's like so fascinating how information spreads to. Um, so just being part of that, you know, that that process has been awesome. You're the heartbeat of the news. I love it. <laughs> there, totally. you, there you go. Cam Gordon, head of communications at Twitter Canada. Cam, always good catching up with you. And I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This is fun. This podcast is sponsored by the Masters of Communications Management Program, Epic Master University. Are you looking to advance your career and you're wondering what's next? The Master's of Communications Management Program at McMaster University is a part-time executive education graduate degree that offers the theory and practice you need to enhance your communication skills and help you take your business acumen to the next level. Best of all, you can continue working while you're studying. To learn more about the program, visit mcm.mcmaster.ca.